Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on January 22nd, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our mini adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning and happy Friday, Joe. I am wonderful. How are you? Thank you. I am wonderful. I've just birthed two sheep yesterday. Oh, my. That's the first. (laughs) Well, I I actually didn't birth them, but um, one of of the sheep on my my daughter's uh, farm uh, had two uh, fraternal twins, a boy and a girl. Oh, how how big is a new a newborn little lamb? How big are they? A newborn little lamb. They're about a foot tall, maybe a a foot and a quarter tall, and two feet long. And they're not that big, but they're they're you know twelve to eighteen inches tall. They're they're very cute, and um, it was a a winning success. A uh, fantastic mother. She really takes care of her lambs and clean them up, and and uh, they were just doing amazing today and last night. <laughs> How cute! Oh my goodness! And their yes. little yes. wobbly legs, uh, just adorable. Yeah, um, really, really it, sweet. It, what a wonderful experience to go through. Um, <laughs> kind of fitting for this week. Uh, you know, the yeah. birds have a new era in uh, in the United States. Did you watch the oh. inauguration? Mm. Well, not only did I watch the inauguration, which I thought was amazing. I can't wait to buy Amanda Gorman's book, that 22-year-old poet laureate. But also, I enjoyed the after party. I mean, Boss, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. and, you know... Um, so many people, uh, Bon Jovi, and a whole bunch of uh, other people in the in the after party, the the show in the evening. No, first, the one thing I missed, though, I have to tell you was uh, well, two things I have to tell you. Um, uh, when Obama was uh, inaugurated, then they had the traditional dinner, sort of black mm-hmm. tie dinner, and the mm-hmm. first dance as president mm-hmm. and first lady, mm-hmm. and they and. Um, I think it was uh, um, uh, who was it that sang uh, a song that was really iconic for Etta James? Was it was it um, Beyonce sang a song that was iconic for Etta James? But Etta James was still living; she didn't get to sing it. It's it's still it's still a, a painful memory for me. I'm sorry that they didn't mm-hmm. have Etta sing that song, but I have to tell you. Um, the party that they threw and the fireworks were amazing. I agree. Uh, it was beautiful. What a beautiful sight, um, a, a beautiful celebration. Um, I heard last night that the fireworks 
uh, which really was like none other than I've ever seen anywhere, um, right. uh, could be heard, could be heard, and uh, for 15 miles away. There were so right. many. Wow. And they were going, you know, I mean, right. just really amazing. And, and to have them, you know, set against the backdrop of, all those um, national monuments in Washington, D.C., just just really um, beautiful and phenomenal. But I agree, what a showstopper and uh, steal the show that little Amanda Gordon was. Um, you know, yes. small and mighty. She redefined small and mighty. I mean, she she was <laughs> just amazing. And her words yeah. and her yeah. movements and her sweet smile and face and expressions and even down to that beautiful yellow coat. I mean, I mean, spot on. I mean, you couldn't have changed one thing, um, you know, other than putting, maybe putting her on a little stool so we could see her better behind the microphone. Um, (laughs) She, she, oh my goodness, just what an amazing experience um, for the world, you know, to, to see and listen to. And I agree. I can't wait to, um, see what else comes from her just just absolutely incredible she is a harvard graduate um right and she has a big future ahead of her boy um right maybe we can right. get her on the podcast joe how about that maybe you know, never hurts to dream that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> um, never hurts to dream but yeah i i really enjoyed it and uh really enjoyed um, the genuineness uh, of Garth Brooks after he sang and when he, you know, he right. was retreating from his post and he starts hugging all the presidents and, you know, clearly right. um, COVID-19 wasn't bothering him. He couldn't help himself. He had to hug, you know, it was, right. so, right. it was really, right. really, really sweet. So what a great, um, just, you know, and pleasantly um, uh, pleased that, it's been peaceful and everybody is moving on. There's hope, there's positivity. And um, right. I, I just am really, yeah, I think everybody's taking a nice, you know, big sigh of relief and um, looking forward to right. what, you know, the, the next four years brings, but even just, gosh, the right. next six months, you know, let's take it at small doses right now. Um, right. So right. very exciting, very exciting. Um, and, very. you know, I have to say, when I was listening to President Joe Biden's speech, um, he repeated mm-hmm. um, the word unity so many times in his <laughs> speech. And I sat right. there and I was like tickled pink because I don't know if you had a chance to read our newsletter that went out last night. But um, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I can't believe he's using unity, unity, unity. It was it was such a um, uh, really a pillar of his speech. And um, the Manhattan East Chamber of Commerce Inclusion Committee, which was formed last summer and been very active, we meet weekly and we've had several listening calls and um, with leaders in the community and and doing some very interesting things. Uh, we have been planning our first um, like kind of public, you know, larger scale event um, for two months now, uh, two and a half right. months now. And guess what the name of the event is? Unity. Yes, and and of course we la- we had it all set up, teed up to um, to launch. Um, we actually launched it technically on, on Tuesday, kind of kind of Monday night on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but on um, Tuesday. Right. And then he starts using unity in his speech, and and we haven't even you know uh, we've la- we've launched it in, to about half of the you know of the, our normal audience, and we're still rolling it out. But I was like. Oh, this is perfect. Um, absolutely perfect. It's this is wonderful, amazing. It, it, wow. it played into our, yeah, our theme because our event is called Unity, um, the movement of change in your community because you, you can't spell community without unity. So um, it's a free virtual event that we are offering through the chamber on February 4th via Zoom from 1 to 2.30 p.m. And I'm so excited about um, the four panelists that we have secured. Uh, We have Olivia Clark, who is the author, um, Amazon best-selling author of Black Girl White School. Uh, She's a senior in Mm. high school, and she's going to be sharing her experiences with us and what led her to writing that Mm. book, um, which has now become um, a read in a lot of high school. Um, We have superstar, former Galaxy player, and now sports broadcaster, 
Kobe Jones. I'm very excited about that to talk about um, changes, you know, in the sports world. Um, not just, you know, soccer, football, every, everywhere. Um, he's a big fixture and right. um, very involved in a lot of different initiatives. We have Jen Fenton, who is the current um, president of the Manhattan Beach Unified School District and also has a vast experience in, um, in law and entertainment and is going to be sharing what the school district is doing, um, but also kind of her background uh, leading up to her role as um, president of the school board. She's also um, a mother of twins. And then last but not least, we have the beautiful Tanya Monahan, who is um, a, you know, style blogger, influencer, and the deputy editor, editor of South Bay Magazine. Also has a very diverse background, the way she grew up in South Africa, and um, her, the influences in her life. And we're going to be talking about media and fashion and, you know, how, how that has evolved um, in, you know, since really since last June. Um, so very excited about that event. We encourage um, people to sign up, please, and participate with us. Join into the conversation um, if when you register on the ManhattanBeachChamber.com website, you will get the Zoom link, and um, really, really looking forward to it. Um, we're going to be talking, you know, about unity, but everything from unconscious um, bias awareness to neurodiversity, inclusion, um, development, and youth <laughs> education—all all sorts of great things. So, talk more about that next week. But um, couldn't be more tickled um, how all that just played out. Um, clearly, unity is, you know, the word. Maybe it's the word of the year. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe. So, a um, couple more announcements before we um, get into our guest. Uh, today yeah. starts the w- winter sale in downtown Manhattan Beach, otherwise known as the sidewalk sale. Um, but the winter sale, not all the stores will have things on the sidewalk just because of staffing with COVID-19. But if it's not on the sidewalk, it'll be inside the store and they're offering deep discounts up to you know, 75, sometimes even 80% off uh, winter fashion, holiday, you know, things and, and what have you. So come on down to mm-hmm. downtown Manhattan Beach and shop, shop, shop. Um, restaurants are <laughs> open for takeout, um, so you can certainly always grab a bite to eat um, and, you know, and eat um, on a bench or somewhere, <laughs> um, mm. back to your office, whatever it is. Um, so um, that, and then Love and Salt, remember we had Sylvie Gabrielle on, I think it was last week, right. talking about Fantastic. regarding her, um, that food festival right. started yesterday throughout Los Angeles, and Love and Salt is hosting a very fun event tonight um, called Mindful Consumption. They're going to do a Zoom kind of happy hour um, on how to make clean cocktails, um, be you know mindful, healthy uh, consumption with master distiller Morgan McLaughlin. So that is tonight at 5:30 p.m. If you go to LoveAndSaltLA.com, their website, you will find information on how to sign up for that um, tonight. But super fun, uh, and then of course her boozy brunch offering. Takeout only. No, you know we can't sit Yummy. in restaurants yet. Um, is on Sunday. So if you want to order some food, again, you can find that on LoveAndSaltLA.com. So, anywho, um, lots of great things coming up. And then the other big news this week, of course, was that if you are 65 and over in age, you can now uh, register to receive your COVID-19 vaccine. Um, we encourage people to go to Vaccinate LA County dot com mm-hmm. and make a reservation um there are big mega vaccination sites throughout los angeles county kelly I can close this one right kelly yes yes kelly I, I i cannot register i'm not over 65 yet <laughs> well that... you know what i've said there's gonna be a lot of people lying about their age these what? days uh, if there's ever a time people people actually want to be older, this is it, right? You know. So, anyways, uh, vaccinatelacounty.com. Um, I can't register yet either, but as soon as I can, I will, and right. and get that right. vaccination. So that's my news. Um, lots of good things. All right. You know, there's always other little good events. Stuff. If you um, you know, read our newsletter, call the chamber, and we can point you in in the right direction. Um, but um. That's it on the on the updates for me. All right. Now now we're going to talk about well not only is it a new administration 
there's uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, sort of steps ahead of us. There's a bunch of uh, executive orders that were signed, but there's also a massive stimulus program, which includes obviously some relief for uh, uh, those that are unemployed, but also pay tech, paycheck protection program, PPP. We want to know PPP. We want to know. Can can we invite a, an expert in PPP on the show, Kelly? Can we do that? We can. Once again, we are spot on. What can I say? Okay. <laughs> no. um, All right. I am okay. super excited. Yes, our returning guest. Um, a friend of the show and of many, many organizations in the South Bay and Los Angeles. Um, we have a returning guest, Lawrence Johnson, always um, known um, to friends and the community as Larry. Um, Larry has deep executive experience leading established and startup enterprises. He is the founder and CEO of L.R. Johnson Associates, LLC, a specialty food sales and marketing firm. In addition, Larry serves as program lead advisor for El Camino College, where he provides advice and counsel for for small business and entrepreneurs from the South Bay to the west side of Los Angeles through its Small Business Development Center, otherwise known as SBDC. Previously, Larry provided corporate finance advisory and investment banking services for both Deloitte and Pricewaterhouse. Larry maintains an affiliation with the Los Angeles consulting firm of Stanton Associates, LLC. He is, an, in, he is active in Rotary International, having served as president of his local, which happens to be Manhattan Beach, Rotary Club, fellow Rotarian. Um, he also serves on the board of Wells Bring Hope, a not-for-profit that drills water wells in Western Africa. Larry received his MBA from Columbia University and has a BS in economics from Boston College. He is an avid golfer. He's already played, um, I think, half a round this morning. Larry also is an aficionado of the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Larry, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Kelly and Joe. It's a pleasure to be back. And, uh, you know, you know, you guys must be important to me for leaving the golf course early. What sacrifice? Well, it's not only uh, it's a pleasure because I am always happy to provide important information to people in our community, and uh, and I'm excited to be here. If, well, if, we, if there was a time, I'm sorry, Kelly, go on. No, no, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, there was just a pause, so go ahead. Well, I, my my lead-in question, it's the same always, Kelly. It is that none of us, we may not be eligible for the for the vaccine right now. I'm not. I'm not 65, but I'm old enough to know that none of us have seen something like this before, that people are suffering like they've never suffered before. And we're not just talking about people at the lower income levels. We're talking about business owners. We're talking about people that had a good life, a home, a mortgage, a business, and they are suffering. How many, they say, hundreds of thousands of small businesses have failed around the country? Larry? Put us into perspective about what small business is going through this pandemic. Oh, it, it's dating, as, as you've indicated. And um, it, there have been lots of frustrations by the public. Uh, government, certainly, and lots of people are well-intentioned. But unfortunately, sometimes the intentions uh, fall short. And... Uh, and, and so that increases the frustration of people who are in dire need of assistance who, for a variety of reasons, are slipping in between the cracks. Um, certainly when they launched the PPP program uh, in the beginning, um, it was met with great fanfare. But unfortunately, lots of people missed out because much of the money went to large businesses initially. They tried to fix that, uh, and that helped a bit. 
but the pandemic went on and people are still suffering. So Congress and the prior administration went to action, finally agreed in late December and produced a second draw of the Paycheck Protection Program. And uh, they now have provided access to us of $284.5 billion in new PPP loans, which can be forgiven if the proceeds are used for allowable expenses during either an eight-week or 24-week period uh, that begins after the proceeds are, are received. So this is very exciting. Uh, there's some changes to the original PPP. Uh, the program is written such that if anyone missed PPP-1, you can now apply for PPP-1 again uh, under the old rules. And uh, But mm-hmm. in addition to being able to apply under the old rules, there are expanded expenses that are being uh, uh, allowed to be used, that the funds can be used for, and, uh, and there are expanded considerations uh, for what could be included as uh, forgivable payroll expenses. So this is pretty exciting. The government is really bending over backwards. I think uh, Congress, in its wisdom, has dedicated uh, a, a significant portion of these funds to be allocated to small community uh, banks and uh, with the express uh, purpose of serving uh, small business, underserved business, minority uh, businesses. And uh, they even mm-hmm. gave them a head start, allowing them to uh, get access to the PPP programs uh, on the 11th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There does seem to be a, a difference this time. Um, some experience, as I think Kelly indicated, um, with the technology and the websites crashing and all of that is behind us. So it, it, it seems that this time um, things are going to be a little bit smoother in the application of the program. Kelly, I know that you are knee-deep in um, you know, uh, members of the chamber uh, and ov- overtly other businesses in, throughout the South Bay that seem to come to you, gravitate to you, and, and they have your phone number um, that want to know what's going on. Uh, how is it? How does it look from the chamber's perspective? Is it better this um, time? Well, good question, Joe. You know, I think uh, have a lot of the very small businesses. You know, gosh, a week ago they were a week or two ago they were unclear if their particular lender was going to participate in the program because I understand not all lenders are. So uh, two weeks ago, for the ones who are very organized and trying to get ahead and get all their paperwork and calculations, you know, appropriate uh, to apply for the second draw, you know, we're we're still trying to navigate all of that. Um, As we were still navigating the information um, that was being shared with us as far as um, the parameters and and what have you. So um, the good news is, you know, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, I'm not going to apply for that. Um, I think that's, you know, silly or ridiculous, or I didn't get it last time. Um, Everybody is willing and working towards applying, um, you know, if they qualify appropriately. So that is the good Mm -hmm. news. Um, I do Mm -hmm. think, you know, there's some questions. Um, Larry, you might be able to help with this. I know in the uh, first round, so first of all, okay, let's go back because I know, um, the first round closed, but then it's been reopened, and people who haven't applied in the, for the first draw, first round, um, who are eligible can still apply up until about March. Is that correct? That's right. And, and in addition, here's something you probably weren't aware of. If you applied in the first round and you received money, but subsequent to that application, you discovered that you did not include all of your eligible expenses and, uh, and, and so you uh, undercut yourself in your mm-hmm. PPP uh, application. Uh, you can reapply for PPP-1. Okay, so if you, if you applied in PPP-1, 
received um, a loan, but undercut didn't, you know, probably understand, calculate right, you know, the um, expenses that could be calculated in, you can go back now in PPP round right. one still until March and reapply for more funds in round one. I, I want it, it, it can't be that you made an arithmetic error. It, it has to be that you excluded something that you should have included. Okay. Right. That, that type okay. of, that type of, right. Uh, uh, but there are many people who were in a rush because they didn't understand the language, what have you. So the government is giving some uh, consideration to those folks. That's not a large number of people, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I see it at least uh, every week. Uh, I, I get a call like that. This happened to me. So now there's an opportunity uh, to, to write that. And, uh, okay. So you have, and, okay. You know, I was going to say, okay, so then let's take that a step further. So let's say somebody – um, does apply um, for more funds from round one eligible, um, as we were just discussing, can and they receive that, um, they qualify and they receive that, can they still apply for round two? So, that, so that's where the trick comes. You cannot apply for one and two uh, before the period exhausts. You, you can... You only do it in that, with the, uh, after 90 days, and and this the period is going to be up. Application period is going to be up before that deadline. So you've got to decide. You've got to make a calculation as to whether mm-hmm. or not you more funds in a reapplication or in uh, going for uh, uh, PPP two. Now the good the, the, and the same is true for people who um, uh, have not applied before. And uh, they have the option of applying for PPP-1 or going straight to PPP-2. What they should do is, is do a calculation as to what their draw would be on PPP-1 as a po- and uh, compare that to what they would get under PPP-2 rules. Now, the mm-hmm. exciting thing, exciting, this is especially important for restaurant owners because uh, restaurant and uh, hospitality businesses, all businesses with the Seven two NAICS code, uh, they can get three point five times their average monthly income. So mm-hmm. they may see that calculation if they didn't get PPP one, uh, and they they calculate PPP one to PPP two, they may find that hey, I get more money for two. Let me forget about one. Or uh, the other issue that one must consider is that in PPP2, you have to meet the threshold of not only under 300 or under employees, but you must demonstrate that you have uh, had a 25% reduction in gross receipts between 2019 and 2020. So if that has not occurred, then uh, PPP one, if you can apply for it, would be your option, your best option. Now, I I understand too for demonstrating the twenty five percent reduction in gross income is for one quarter of twenty twenty. So you get to you get to look at your financials and choose one quarter. And right, Ellie, let me. Uh, it, it's important to clarify terms. I know that if people are on QuickBooks. QuickBooks interchanges the uh, uh, for QuickBooks. You your revenues are sometimes considered are, are talked about as income, but for purposes of our discussion here, when I say gross receipts, I'm referring to the top line number revenues, net revenues. Got it. Okay. For sale. Um, right. Right. Okay. Thank you for that clarification, Larry. So, is it still? Am I? Am I? Uh, did I hear right um, last week when I was listening that for PPP uh, second draw round two, um, that it, 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 but it's for one quarter, not for the entire year. You're you're comparing a quarter of expenses you to calculate the twenty five percent. You have the option. Uh, some folks don't keep quarterly uh, figures. But they okay. can tell you that uh, for the for the entire year they were down 
25% or more. So they, if it's better, easier for them to use the entire year, they can use the entire year. But at the very least, you must demonstrate on a quarterly basis. And it doesn't have to be that you have to have a reduction from 2019 to 2020. You can have a reduction in uh, – uh, you can get a higher number in 2020 than you got in 2019 by 25%. Mm-hmm. So you just need to know that there was a 25% difference one way or the other. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I- interesting. Uh, gosh, there's so many little inter- you know, intricacies to both rounds, um, but I think we're all getting more educated and clearer. You know, I think this was also new to everybody back in the spring, boy, um, trying to wrap our heads around it then. Um, and what we know now is, is much different. So, my next question is with regards to um, certain nonprofits, and in, in particular, like a chamber of commerce, because we were not eligible to apply for uh, PPP round one. We were excluded from um, eligibility. So, if now the chambers um, and similar organizations, like a bid or something, um, are included, can do we have to? apply in for round one or round two? Because I've been told that if you didn't apply for round one, you can't apply for round two. So now that we are eligible, we weren't eligible before, which one would a Chamber of Commerce apply in? Uh, I, I think that uh, I will have to validate this, but I believe that you have to follow the same uh, the same rules, right? Um, and and calculate where you would receive the best treatment. Um, okay. Is it better to get more using uh, rule one, draw one rules versus draw two? Okay. Okay. I know that's a little bit unclear to all of us. It's like um, I know a lot of my colleagues in the beach cities are, you know, we're tra- all trying to figure figure that out. We're, you know, we're thrilled to be included. Um, we're just not sure where to start. And I just haven't um, had a lengthy conversation yes. either with our accountant or our banker yet. You know, I've been kind but of. The, um, the question is, here's the, the question is that, you know, rule uh, draw one follows uh, the, the original rules. However, there are uh, some exceptions to that, right? And mm-hmm. uh, uh, because, of, for example, um, the the fact that uh, any uh, grant money, uh, idle grant money, uh, originally was not uh, going to be uh, uh, was going to be taxable, but uh, it's not taxable on a retroactive basis. So it's, it's not just immediately, but it goes back. And, and also some expenses uh, were not allowable in, uh, uh, in, in period one uh, and draw one, but now uh, they are allowable and it's retroactive. For example, uh, PPP, PPE equipment, uh, operating mm-hmm. expenses. You know, if you had to hire uh, a, uh, a plumber for your business or an electrician uh, in, in PPP one originally, you weren't allowed to uh, deduct that as an expense, but in mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, so that rule has been changed, and it is now uh, retroactive uh, for uh, anybody applying for PPP one now. So as mm-hmm. I understand it, since they've allowed um, uh, five hundred your five hundred one six C right. Um, we uh, have we yeah. have both, but but our T uh, six is the most active. Yes. Yeah, the C6. So so uh, uh, because they've opened it up, then you should have an opportunity to apply for under the rules of one or two that have been expanded. And opening okay. up to you, as I understand it, has been expanded. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, Joe, I know I, um, you're quiet. Wow. I know you're allowing me this to ask. <laughs> it's good information. This is important. I didn't even know that the well it's important um in in several uh lanes uh Kelly because lots of nonprofits are completely you know at odds with this situation as well. We know you you and I both know very much that that nonprofit you know donations have plummeted 
just mm-hmm. just just tanked and and are suffering deeply. So um, the chamber has other kinds of revenue streams that many nonprofits don't have, and so there's there's that. But okay, um, is there is there is there uh, something that we have not covered? Oh, yeah, Jill, or is there one big area? <laughs> Joe and Kelly, there's one, Larry. There's one thing I'd like to mention that we haven't covered. Uh, it's not directly part of PPP, but it is part of uh, uh, the, the, what Congress passed recently, and it it, it is the uh, the grant for performing arts businesses, theater, theater producers, performing oh. arts businesses. Yes. Uh, you know, we've yeah, got Larry, a number Larry, of, I, yeah. Larry, Larry, hold, hold, I just want to, I want to set this up. My wife is a uh, piano teacher and she's a member of the, uh, National Association of Music, uh, Manufacturers, NAM, N-A-M-M. They have a huge, and when I say huge, I mean international, uh, convention, in Anaheim, right near Disneyland, every year around this time. Actually, this week uh, was was the NAM uh, convention time. Of course, they could not have it in person, so it turned into a huge virtual event. And from all over the world, these artists are coming together for this NAM show. There's manufacturers, there's lots of technical stuff, but there's also performances and they're all getting together and donating their performances to generate revenue for various nonprofits for performers. If there's any segment of our society that has been uh, hurt the most, it's those segments which depend on the collection of people in a small space a.k.a. a typical live concert, devastating to the music industry, devastating to the art uh, industry, um, just devastating. So with that set up, Larry? Well, there, the government has recognized that uh, uh, in Manhattan Beach, we've got uh, our uh, uh, museum at the end of the pier, uh, the aquarium. Um, we've got... Uh, uh, other facilities that operate as, as museums. We've got uh, folks who do the work that uh, your wife does, Joe. Uh, they are yes. uh, represent forming talent artists. So any entity or individual may be eligible for this SVO grant if they are a, a talent representative, a movie theater, a relevant museum, a live venue operator, or a promoter, a theatrical producer or a live performing arts organization or operator. Um, and, and they may be organized as for-profit, non-profit, government-owned entities, right? And uh, so mm-hmm. this legislation has been uh, – uh, is, is great. And, and you just have to be fully operational as of February 29th, 2020, and experience a reduction of at least 25% and gross earned revenue during the last quarter of 2020 compared to the same quarter in 29. And you have either resumed or intend to resume operation as of uh, the date of the grant. Uh, so th- this is just a, a tremendous uh, give, opportunity. Give us the name again. Give us the name again, S. Sam, V as in Victor, O as in Oscar grant. Okay. Excellent. S-V-O. Sam Victor Oscar Grant. Sam Victor Oscar Grant. And uh, there's there's not a lot of detail available uh, on this now, but if if uh, I can send uh, you and Kelly uh, an SBA video, uh, link to a video that uh, explains the, the grant in, in, a, in a bit more detail than I've done here, uh, but it's a phenomenal uh, opportunity uh, for people in these industries that we value so much, uh, both public sector right. and private sector, uh, to get a grant from the government, and they so deserve it. 
I just I just want to give uh, some direction. People can find out more at SBA. That's Samuel Bravo Alpha. <laughs> SBA.gov, the Small Business Administration. SBA.gov and it's Shuttered Vin Venue Operators. Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. The SBO, as we said, uh, Samuel Victor Oscar Grant. Uh, emergency assistance for eligible venues affected by the COVID pandemic, and apparently it's it's a little wider than that. That's that's fantastic. Yes, I'm so glad they're including that sector um, of business. That they um, everybody's been bit hit hard, but um, they've been hit mm-hmm. particularly hard. Also, um, you know, interesting. I had a conversation with um, one of my boys the other night. I said, "What do you think is going to be the future?" of movie theaters you know they're mm-hmm. they're 100 percent closed they've been closed well at least in la county um and most i think most of california but um you know will people want to go back into a movie theater you know that is a closed area dark you know, not fresh air blowing through it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, will people feel comfortable doing that? And you know, he's he obviously younger, and his first response was, "Oh, absolutely not! It's a it's a dying brand. Um, Netflix, Hulu, all those other things. You can you can see a movie there. You know." And um, I said, "Yeah, but what about you know those big blockbusters? Like I, you you can't unless you have an incredible home theater system, um, you can't replicate that experience of the surround sound and Dolby and all of that and the huge screen. Let alone being around people and, and hearing their reactions too. But um, I you know I drive by um, the, the ArcLight theaters on Rosecrans and when I go over there you know to maybe pick up some takeout some chin chin or something and I'm like." Gosh, it's just sitting there empty. It's just such, such a shame, you know. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how people, you know, return to movie theaters, how they return to live venues, um, you know, maybe even smaller theaters. You know, there's so many of those, and particularly in Los Angeles, we're rich with, with history and culture and entertainment offerings, large and small. Um, um, I hope Hollywood Bowl is open next summer, Larry. Is Hollywood Bowl going to be open? Gosh darn it, I want Hollywood Bowl to be back. Well, I, I, I think it, I think it will. I think, well, one following this, but uh, uh, it, it has been reported that our numbers nationally uh, are improving significantly, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, with this virus being uh, distributed more efficiently uh, to more people, uh, I think that uh, by next summer uh, we're going to be in much better shape. Also, the one thing that you should uh, we should never uh, underestimate is the power of American ingenuity. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time when the theaters didn't offer, uh, uh, you know, sort of rollback comfortable seating, uh, food in the theaters, cocktails in the theaters, uh, but the movie industry, the theater industry, had to go. To that to be able to attract uh, the audience they will do whatever they have to do to make that experience in the theater more welcoming they'll do things with the air filtration systems they'll let you know about that the technology is here uh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know watch out people if there's a way to uh, entertain people and get a premium price for it it's going to be done and people right. pay the price They've got to make sure that they Larry, that they've got to feel safe. Yes. Look, what 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 I want is a is a a vibrating um, uh, attachment added to my chair. That's what I want. A vibrating you know, attachment that, that, added that to my is, chair. That exists. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I don't know if you've uh, there's you've heard of surround sound, but there was a point right. in our history back in the '80s. When uh, in earthquake movies, they upgraded the seat, so you felt the earthquake in your seat. So yep. that takes out. <laughs> right. Yeah, heated, he, heated seats, yeah, you know. Heated. Um, oh. Soft chairs, yeah, swiveling, yeah. who knows. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, right? <laughs> if Disneyland can do it, we can do it in movie theaters. Um, 
Gosh, and that's a whole other venue, right? Disneyland and all of our big major theme parks, too. Um, it's just going to be amazing right. to see in the next, you know, year and two how um, entertainment venues of all sizes, whether it's your small neighborhood theater or, you know, the large venues, um, sport, like look at SoFi, you know, just waiting to be used, um, finished. But it will be very interesting to see the, uh, the evolution of how they adapt um, some of those arenas and and when what's next um hey, uh, larry you mentioned um the idol program um a few minutes ago and we haven't talked too much about that yet um you know idol was available back in the spring there's uh, information now do you want to walk us through um the current status yeah. of an idol uh, yes, go ahead emergency so the the idol loan uh is is not open right there, there's no new money for idol loans but the idle grant program has been been reinvigorated for selected uh, distributions. So what I mean is, so so it's interesting if you get into the weeds and you actually read uh, the, the 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 law that Congress passed, uh, there is a uh, separate provision. Um, Section 331 uh, uh, provides for targeted advances. So that's what they've said. They said that the, if you did not receive idle grants, remember they said that you're going to get a $10,000 grant, and some people got it, but a lot of people either didn't get all of it, or they got uh, uh, and they, or they got nothing. Well, now they're saying we will make you whole. However, you must meet certain qualifications. The most significant of those qualifications is you, your business has to be located in a low-income area, right? And, uh, and then uh, so, so they'll take care of all of those folks. Now, you might ask, what happened to the rest of us who may not be in low-income areas, but just because we're not in low-income areas doesn't mean that we are financially stable. Lots of people are asking that question. There's another section of the uh, of the uh, the law that was passed, Section 332. Uh, many people say that that is a separate provision that amends uh, the CARES Act that allows for uh, emergency idle grants that could be given more broadly. So far, the SBA hasn't interpreted uh, that the law to include the Section 332. As, as as an opportunity to pass on additional money to other people, there are those of those people uh, whom I've spoken with who, who think that what might happen is that once they take care of the people in the low income areas, and if there's anything left, uh, they'll then turn to those of us who don't live in low income areas. Uh, but I thought I'd, I'd bring that up. But if you happen to have a business and the address is in a in a low income area, uh, you are eligible. Uh, for additional idle grant funds, the good news is you don't have to do a thing right now because the government knows who you are and they will be in touch with you. There's nothing you can do to speed the process, to apply for it. Uh, don't believe anything you see online. Uh, the, the, the suggestion is or, or the advice is from the SBA, wait, we will be in touch. And the SBA doesn't call you. They email you. Interesting. Good to know. Um, love that, that they are reaching out to them directly. <clears throat> that's, you know, that's very helpful because just knowing and navigating all this um, is, you know, one of the biggest hurdles um, for sure. Okay. So we have covered um, a lot about PPP one and two and the EIDL, otherwise known as idle um, grants right now. Um mm-hmm. What? How about employee retention tax credit? Do you have anything uh, to share with us regarding that, Larry? So the employee retention tax credit is available uh, even though you have uh, uh, PPP. And uh, uh, that was uh, uh, approved in this uh, new legislation. Uh, So... uh, you're going to be able to take care. You're going to be able to include 
and calculate tax credits for employees whose salary is no greater than $100,000, and, um, uh, and and that's going to be uh, a great uh, a great benefit uh, for individuals who have employees during this period, and they brought and brought them back. Right, and I think I, I I think I heard that maybe it's for organizations with 500 or fewer employees. That's right. And have, okay, and have had a 20 percent decline in gross receipts or gross which which gross? <laughs> um, uh, 20 percent decline. It's, it's gross, gross or revenues. Revenue. Okay. Um, all right. Good to know. Um, and, and all it's, these. It's on the uh, based on seventy percent of, of qualified wages, up to ten thousand dollars per employee per quarter. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, oh boy, I don't know how you keep all this straight, Larry. You are such. <laughs> um, you are so valuable to every all of us. Um, I'm so happy that you're here today. These, you know, you, it's one of these things. Um, well, it's kind of like a, your golf swing. You've got to practice it, and you've got to do yeah. it again and again and again. You know, to to perfect yeah. it. Um, okay, let's see. What else haven't we covered? That um, oh, I know. I had a question yesterday, Larry. Um, and uh, this this actually came from um, an attorney, and there was another attorney kind of in the conversation, and we were trying to pick this one apart. So figure, see if you have any insight. Um, if uh, the, uh, this these um, this law group has been together for a long time, for decades, and um, they're considering um, splitting up, kind of you know semi-retirement, whatever, you know, re- redefining the boundaries of their partnership. And if they apply for PPP second draw and um, they receive it, uh, do they have to stay in their current form or can they restructure before the 8 to 24-week period uh, for forgiveness is over? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, let's say, um, you know... Yeah. Um, you are guaranteeing the PPP loan individually if you're a partner in a, in a law firm or you're mm-hmm. a 20% owner in an LLC or a subchapter S or, or a, a C Corp. Um, you are uh, personally liable. And, uh, uh, and, and so the entity... The entity has uh, signing uh, to guarantee the results from the entity. So, um, okay, you're still on the hook. And it wasn't his intent, you know, to skip out or anything. He was just they're anticipating, you know, restructuring, and he was trying to figure out, you know, how to time that uh, clearly. And he and being very responsible, but it was a great question. It's a very good question because technically, you know, things happen. Companies get sold, companies get bought or sold. The the, the regulations doesn't prohibit sale or acquisition. There's not a lot of language that talks about. Uh, there's no language that talks about does this obligation transfer to the new owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I could possibly be uh, a logical step, but that is mm-hmm. not. Been placed codified into law. So right now, uh, bottom line is you are still personally liable whether you remain with the company or not. It is your obligation. Or your right. 20% owner, if your 20% share is yours, regardless of what happens to the company. Um, okay. And then, kind of on, on that note, a, a different, not that scenario, but um, this has been coming up too. If a business has closed and not just temporarily um, because they have to because of protocol or whatever, but they, you know, they, they're done um, and they've closed. They, excuse me, they cannot apply for a PPP second draw. You have to be an active open business, correct? Well, as long as they intend, they, they, they're not, they're not folded up to 10. 
uh, if there if you cannot reopen your business because the government has shut you down, does not will not allow you. Um, that that's not uh, that's not a, a reason not to qualify, right? Uh, so you you've got a safe harbor there and being able to apply. Uh, and you've got an ongoing business, but you just can't operate because um, the local uh, uh, regulations won't allow you to open your door. So if you're a, if you are a movie theater, you can't sell tickets. You know, there's no such thing as a to-go movie, right? So you're <laughs> you're you're basically shut. You probably have to let your employees go or furlough them somehow. And uh, but you, you still can apply because you are a business. You're ready to operate. Your, your intention is to open when you can open up again, but you're prohibited by law from operating. Right, but if but it's not that situation, right? But if it's not that situation, and it's more like, um, you know, because of lack of funding or their personal situation, whatever it is, they have chosen to 100% close their business uh, and not, not to reopen. Yeah, you're not eligible. Right, right. Even though what happened over the last year, it would be in the calculation for PPP, which would help. You can't, yeah, if, you're, if your intent is to not to reopen, then you cannot apply for the PPP yeah, round two cause because it, in good faith you have to use it for current salaries and employment costs to be able to be forgivable, which is kind of the logic, that's correct? Right. Yeah. The Paycheck Protection Program, so yeah, mm-hmm. ostensibly – the theaters, even though they're not operating, there's there are people working. There's some skeleton staff doing something, planning, taking care of the facility, what have you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I have one last question before I know we're getting. We have about three minutes left before we. Um, Joe needs to wrap it up and everything. But the one other question yeah, that really yes. keeps coming our way is. Um, uh, can the second draw uh, PPP loan be used to pay rent deferred amounts? So let's say you haven't been able to pay your rent for four months in 2020. Um, when you get the second draw PPP loan, can you use that to back pay rent from 2020? Rent is an operating expense and rent is an eligible use of funds. Okay. All right. That will be helpful to a lot of people because we're hitting that point where a lot of people, you know, well, can't pay their rent. Well, one thing, uh, you know, so I want to emphasize that the, the the definition of eligible expenses has been broadened. So all operating expenses uh, can be uh, forgiven as well as supplier costs. So if you mm-hmm. have to... Uh, use a supplier for certain goods, and those costs uh, are now eligible expenses uh, to use uh, uh, your PPP funds for. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Joe, I uh, I could go on forever and ever, yes. but I know we're almost out of time. <laughs> Larry, it's been, um, it's been a very uh, informative and uh, a, a very uh, – measured hour with you i thank you i thank you for your uh for your uh kind attention everyone uh to this and i hope that people remember a couple of things sba.gov and it's the shuttered venue operators grant and then of course i have to mention uh regarding her regarding her food Dot com. Um, Kelly, any final thoughts? Um, just a, a big thanks to, to Larry. Um, as always, I wish you um, great success on the rest of your golf round today, and maybe a hole-in-one. You deserve yeah. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one, 
One more thing I will mention, um, the Chamber is going to be hosting um, a Chamber Power Hour on February 9th at 8.30, from 8.30, 9.30 in the morning with Connecta, our friends over at Connecta, um, Mike Squire, who we've had on this show and we've also done seminars with. He's going to um, yeah, zoom in with us and do kind of another round of PPP education, too, with us. So, um, you know, can't have enough rounds of PPP and, and education. But um, that will be no. on February 9th. I'll talk more about it next week or call the chamber and you can find the information there, too. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Kelly. And um, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.